What a great morning to be able to celebrate what God is doing. Thank you, Trevor, Marianne, for sharing about how God has been faithful. And God has been so good over the years. This morning, as we get into the Word of God, I invite you to, to take the Word on your phone, your app. We're looking at Exodus chapter 18, and we're talking this morning about leadership, that God is faithful. We're continuing with our faithful series, and we're talking about how God is faithful in providing leadership. Now, I need, you need to know, and you do understand this, that leadership is required in all aspects of life. We're always wanting to have good leaders who lead us, but it starts with you knowing that you need to lead yourself. You need to lead yourself. Now, for me, a number of years ago, that was like this new concept. I need to lead myself. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means that you actually make the effort to think about these decisions that I'm making. How is this leading me in a particular direction? So we start with leading ourselves. And then, you know, that, that is really developed as young people. If you're, a, if you're a, a student today, if you're in high school, middle school, college, you're developing into leading yourself. What direction are you taking yourself? You're leading. And then you begin to lead in smaller ways. And often that happens with young people. We invite them into areas of leadership, smaller, closer groups, and then into the workplace. If you're a parent here this morning, you are a leader. Now, sometimes you're running after the kids and you think you're not leading them, right? Like, hold it. But you are leading your family, whether you think you are or not. They're looking to you to lead. Maybe even in your workplace. You may, you may have a, a low job. When I started working at, at 18, and I remember working in a plywood plant in Quesnel. And, I, you know, I'm just Joe Schmo. I'm just doing my thing. And it's like, but I needed to make sure I was leading me first. And as I led and said, I want to be a good worker in this place, all of a sudden I was put in places at 19 of leadership of a team. And it's because I was just faithful with the little things. So you and I are all leaders. So this morning when I say leader, don't go, oh yeah, I'm talking about, he's talking about somebody else. It's like, no, I'm talking to you this morning. God is talking to you this morning. You are all leaders here. Being a good leader also means that you and I are good followers. We're good learners. We're good listeners. Because leaders don't just say, I'm out in front and lead. Often those kind of leaders end up way out in front and there's nobody behind them. And so they're actually not leading. Someone has said they're just out taking a walk. We want to be leaders by being good followers. Michael Piertzak says in his book, Success, Want to Be a Leader, Lead Yourself First. He says this, leadership doesn't depend on external situations. Nelson Mandela led every day for 27 years in prison, though his only possession was a bucket toilet. So don't look to your circumstances, what it's saying. So we've been learning together about God's faithfulness through the nation of Israel and the book of Exodus, how God has defended this nation, has called them out of slavery, and is inviting them to a promised place. 
And he's using a leader to do it. Moses was that leader. Moses was trained as a leader in the universities of Egypt. He experienced the lows of a leader as he was exiled to the desert to look after sheep. And after these experiences that developed him as a person and as a leader, God then called him to lead a new nation of former slaves into the promised land. You can take Moses' life and divide it into three sections. The first one was the first 40 years is when he's learning in Egypt as he's growing, young person, 40 then the next 40 years is till he's 80. He's in the wilderness. He's looking after these miserable sheep. God's doing what? He's preparing him to lead people. And I don't want to say people are like sheep. But I think sometimes we are. We're stubborn. We, we want to go our own way. We want to get lost. We want to do our own thing. And we get ourselves into trouble that we don't know how to get out of. So... This second 40. Then the third 40 years is him now coming back and leading this nation. If you're an older person here this morning, I want you to know that you're a leader. You're a leader. Moses' calling to lead this nation didn't happen until he was, how old? Did you do the math? How old? 80. 80. Those of you who are 30, you think, I'm in, I'm in the leadership mode it's like, wait till you get to be 80. Then you really get to lead. And I want to encourage you to think leadership happens at all stages of life. It never ends. Moses trained. And God used all of his life experiences, both negative and positive, for his future. It would be easy for us to forget, as we look at God's faithfulness, to forget that in this story that Moses is also married and had two sons. And here in Exodus 18, there's a family reunion. And he's reunited with his wife and kids and his father-in-law, Jethro. And as with any family reunion, they shared what had been happening over the past number of months, maybe even years. And Jethro was amazed, the father-in-law was amazed and glad to hear how God had been faithful to this new nation. I want you to, we want to read some scripture together this morning. So take a look at Exodus chapter 18. Now, I had a longer text, but we're not going to read all of that. I'm going to shorten it because I actually took the message that I prepared and I've, I've actually given you a third. I'm going to give a third of the message this morning. And the rest of it, if you want to do some work, you can go to the discussion questions and the whole text is there. So if you go to our website and you'll find discussion questions based on the sermon and it'll be the whole thing. So let's read starting at verse 19. And we're going to read to verse 23. This is now Jethro's, uh, Moses, Jethro's father-in-law, saying, Listen now to me, and I will give you some advice, and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. But... Select capable men from all the people who, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases they can decide themselves. 
That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this, and God so commands, you'll be able to stand the strain, and all these people will go home satisfied. Lord, as we dive into this text, we invite you to open our hearts and our heads to hear the words that you have to speak to us about leadership, leadership in our own lives and leadership in our church and leadership in this world. Thank you that you have given us these words to teach us and guide us today. Lord, we pray this in your name and for your glory, Jesus. Amen. In the text that we've written, it talks about the mandate of a leader. What is a leader supposed to be doing? What are they supposed to be about? And as I watched the story of Joan and Trevor, I see what they're about. And it's really a leader leads in a given direction. But in the back of our mind should always be, what am I doing to prepare the next leader? What am I doing? What am I teaching? I believe that everything that we do in life, we are teaching. We're teaching somebody, something. They're watching us. And I find that particularly with with young people, with children, they're watching us. They're paying attention to what we're doing. So what are we teaching when we respond and do certain things? One example of that for me is when our son was about 15, he was going to a private school where there wasn't a lot of hands-on stuff, which was totally him. He liked to do hands-on things. And so we talked together, and he decided to buy an old vehicle. And he and I were going to do mechanicing work together. It's something I've done when I was younger and something I don't don't mind doing. I like fixing a little bit of my own stuff. Uh, As I'm getting older, I do less and less of the really dirty stuff. But we went out and we bought a vehicle. And the first thing that the guy said to us was, how much do you want me to write down on the amount that you paid for it? Because he could write, if we paid $1,000 for it, he could write 500 And then, that, guess what? We pay tax on $500 and not on 1000 And I said to him, you write down the amount of money that we give you. And I knew that my 15-year-old son is paying attention to this. And he's going to be going, why are we giving the government money? And I would, said, it's the right thing to do. It's about integrity. Because if you start breaking it down here, I guarantee you, you're going to keep making compromises for the rest of your life. So it was a lesson that we learned together. My son was watching what we were doing. So Moses has given some very practical advice from his father-in-law. And let's just look at this practical advice together. Here's some context. Moses is the only one who is the judge. So if there were, say, 600,000 people or a million people, Moses is the only one. So he would start in the morning, like, you know, start an early morning and would listen to people's complaints and be fixing stuff all day long and probably would never get through. You ever have a work day where you're never done? You pick it up the next day and you still feel like you're never done? That was Moses' life. His father-in-law said, you are not going to last. And on top of that, the people are not going to like you because you can't get the job done. So he said, let me give you some advice. First advice is this. Listen to God. Listen to God. As leaders in this room this morning, the first thing that you and I need to commit to is, are we going to listen to God? Moses had this great thing. He had a place where he could meet with God. It was that they built like a little tent. 
And he would go there and God's presence would come and he would meet with God there. I'm not telling you to go buy a tent and set it up in your backyard. It might be a little chilly just yet. Just wait. Summer's coming. But spending time with God is so important. Regular time. Billy Sunday said this. The key to walking with God is this. This was his advice. Billy Sunday said, daily 15 minutes of listening to God. What is that? Reading his word. 15 minutes of reading the word. Then he said, the second thing, 15 minutes of speaking to God. It's called prayer. And I would say also that's part of listening. And then finally, Billy Sunday says, and 15 minutes of telling someone about God. Wow, what great advice. Listen to God. Listen to God. Tell other people about him. Listening to God. So Moses' father-in-law says, listen to me. Pay attention. It's interesting that even Jesus took time to be with his father. Spent a lot of time with people. Loved people. Lots of time with people. But there were times it was like I am, he had, was done with people and he needed to just go and be with his father and listen. And be present. And get his tank filled. If you want to know how to get your spiritual tank filled, it's called spending time in the word and spending time listening. And it's called spending time talking to God. Getting your tank filled in that way. Second thing that I would suggest to you as our mandate on leadership is that Moses was to teach the ways of God. So we were supposed to be a teacher, to see our role as leaders to be teachers. Moses had insights from God, and he was to share those with the nation. And that's how we got the first five books of the Bible. Because Moses wrote those things down for us. So that we would have them, the nation of Israel would have them. We have these words given to us that are God's words for us. And so he wrote down things about how to live and how to resolve conflicts and how to live in relationship with each other and how to live for God's glory. Leaders in the local church are also called to live and teach the ways of God as examples of God's work in them. So teach God's ways. Third thing would be this, select good people. And I think that really the understanding is don't do leadership alone. Don't do leadership alone. Select good people. It says choose men. Choose men and women of moral character. So this concept really teaches that not all leaders can lead at the same level. Do you notice that when I read the text it said some will be ten. Some will be 50, some will be 100. Some will, not every single leader can lead a 1,000. Be okay with where, is my, where can I lead? Now, we need to be encouraged to keep, you know, reaching. But there's times where we need to stop and say, you know, I think this is my level. And I want to be great at leading 50. Or I want to be great at leading 10. Because that's what God has called me to lead. So we want to look for people who are already leading themselves well and then are leading in smaller capacities. And as they do that well, we say, you know what, would you be encouraged to step up? And would you be encouraged to step up? I'm sure, Trevor, you saw that in your ministry where it was always the small things. I'm always looking for people who are leading in small ways. And maybe they can take on more responsibilities. The ones who do what they say are leading themselves, and they can help others. 
In Deuteronomy, Moses writes this in Deuteronomy 1.15, So I took the leading men of your tribes, wise and respected men, and appointed them to have authority over you as commanders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, of tens, and as tribal officials. So Moses is saying, this is, this is how we do it. This is how we do leadership. He chose the wise, the intelligent, the well-known from the heads of the tribe. It wasn't a popularity contest. It was those who were faithful, who were faithfully following God. And he appointed those as judges, instructing them to administer justice with impartiality and without respect of persons. We see this also applied in the early church in Acts chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. It reads, brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. Now let me ask you this, what were they being asked to do? They were being asked to serve food, to make sure that people were treated with justice. That all the widows, whether you were Jewish or Greek, were being cared for. Now you think, well, but that's just sort of doing the gift of hospitality. It's, it's the gift of mercy or the gift of helps. And, and I want you to know that those gifts are not seen as lesser than gifts of leadership. Those gifts are vitally important to the church. Paul uses words to describe leaders in, in 1 Timothy chapter 3. And I'll encourage you to have a look at that, where he talks about overseers and elders. How did they lead in the church? Calvin, in his commentaries, writes, To keep us all within our limits, let us learn how God has designed and ordered the affairs of the human race, so that each individual is endowed with only a limited amount of gifts, on which depends also the distribution of duties. And he goes on to say, God to keep men and women in actual association and goodwill by a sacred and unbreakable bond, listen to this, dispenses his gifts variously. God does not give everybody all the gifts. God gives you and I various gifts, different gifts. Why? So that we actually need each other. You see, if God gave you all the gifts and gave me all the gifts, we wouldn't need each other. But now we do need each other because I don't have all the gifts and neither do you. So we need to walk together. And God calls us to live in this community where we actually do that. Finally, I would say this. Out of this text, we see this. God wants us to empower people to grow as leaders. These judges were to serve the people at all times. They could go to them at any time. And if there were simple cases, they could simply decide them. And they were released to make decisions. They didn't say, okay, I'm going to listen to 14 of your complaints. And then I'm going to go back to Moses and ask Moses what to do. Moses said, no, I'm going to train you. And here's what you need to understand. And now you make the decision. I love that empowering people to actually grow and to lead is what we should be about. The hard cases certainly came to Moses. And he would use those hard cases to teach God's ways. And the hard cases would become the easy cases as these leaders would grow into their role. The idea here was to make Moses' load lighter because they were going to share it with him. 
And this is how we help leaders reproduce themselves. Constantly looking for someone who can walk alongside, who I can then train and say, go ahead and make decisions. In Numbers chapter 11, verse 17, uh, God speaks to Moses in calling 70 elders. He said, I will come down and speak with you, Moses, there, and I will take some of the power of the Spirit that is on you and put it on them. They will share the burden of the people with you so that you will not carry it alone. You will not carry it alone. You see, God shares his Holy Spirit. There isn't one person in a church that has the Holy Spirit. We all, we all have the Spirit of God as we live out the gospel. Jesus, after his death and resurrection, calls his disciples and tells them that he is leaving, but he's sending the Spirit of God to be in, in them. And he says, go and make disciples of all nations. Go and reproduce what God has done in you. That is the good news of the gospel. The life transformation that takes place when we understand that I cannot change myself. When we actually come to the place and say, as I started, I have to lead myself. I can't lead myself. I will go down the wrong road. I need to allow Jesus to lead me. Life transformation happens in Jesus. When I understand that I am a broken, sinful human being, but that Jesus came to this earth to die on the cross for me. And I turn to him and I say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I can't do this without you. And then he gives us his Holy Spirit to live in us so that we are being led by the Spirit of God we're not just simply leading ourselves. This morning, I want to encourage you to think about, am I simply leading myself, or have I invited Jesus into my life to transform my life, transform my heart, transform my head, transform my thinking? And when he transforms us, we begin to go in a different direction, to be led by the Spirit of God. You see this principle of leadership among us. I think about what we're doing as a church. Many of you are involved in prayer triads. And we've said we don't have a leader of a prayer triad. We have a facilitator. Now, I don't like bait and switch. But I want you to know that if you're in a prayer triad, you are already being discipled to be a leader. Now, don't let that panic you because I, what did I say at the beginning? We're all leaders. We're all being discipled. And it's one of the things that as a church we believe in. We disciple each other. We walk together in community. Let me close with this. First thing I want you to think about and pray about is how am I being led? How am I being led? I've said you are a leader and I will say it again. You are all leaders in this place. Every one of you. You're, for sure you're having to lead yourself. And you, we start leading ourselves by saying, God, I can't do this, but you can do it in me. And I invite you to guide me. So you are a leader. Start by leading yourself. It's called self-discipline. The Holy Spirit, one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is what? Self-control. You have the Holy Spirit in you, you start to have self-control. Leading ourselves. 
meeting with God. Let God train us through his word and spirit. Secondly, let's disciple each other. Can we commit to say, you know what, I don't know everything. I don't know. I don't, I can say that to you this morning. I don't know everything. I'm so glad it actually takes a weight off my shoulders. So if you come to me and say, Reg, you need to fix this, I might say, I have no idea what you're talking about, or I don't know how to fix it. But I know the one who probably does, which is, let's start with Jesus. Let's start with the Spirit, and then let's see where it goes from there. Can we disciple each other? It's one of our Forest Grows foundational values. We disciple each other, and so we grow in leadership. Fourthly, as a what, now what, pray for those in leadership. Scripture is really clear about praying for those in leadership. And you know what? It's, it's actually, I find it easier to pray for those in leadership when I'm upset with them. That ever happened to you? You know, you're just like, what in the world do they think they're doing? And it's like, you know what? God, I need to actually get on my knees and I need to pray for these folks. Not because I want to change them, but because I want to go, God, I don't know what's going on, but you do. And I'm depending on you now and waiting for you to give some leadership there. So could you commit to pray for your leaders at work? Do you ever pray for your leaders at work, at school? If you're a student, do you pray for your teachers, your professors? Do you ever pray for people that you work with? I hope so. And then do you pray for like leaders at church and in government? We're called to pray for all of those. Lastly, I want you to encourage those who lead. I want you to encourage those who lead. If you read the story of Moses, there were so many times people grumbled and complained. Went to him and said, oh, Moses, what have you done to us? And there were times where Moses was like, okay, God, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to work this out. There were other times like, God, would you just kill them all and forget it? I'm done. Take me out. So you need to understand, when you see that, it's like, that's kind of the stuff that leadership at a higher level deals with. So can, you, can I encourage you to send a word of encouragement to leaders here at church? I'm not talking about myself, okay? I'm talking about other leaders that you see at church that you work with. Send them a text, a note, somebody in your workplace. What would happen in your workplace or at school if you just said, hey, you know what, I really appreciate when you do this. Would that change things? Maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't. But I want to encourage you to lead by being an encourager. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for this text that talks to us about leadership. Thank you that you showed us through Moses' life what it means to lead, and what it means to lead in a team, what it means to lead together. And Father, I pray that we would be those who, when we understand our leadership capacity and abilities that come from you, that we start by saying, Spirit of God, lead us. Lead me. Lord, I pray for those who may be here this morning who have never actually turned and asked you, Jesus, to transform their life. Lord, I pray that today would be that day where they would say, I need help. I need help. I need Jesus. I need the Spirit. Father, I pray for us as we, as we follow good leaders, as we are good leaders, that you would just anoint us with your Holy Spirit each day. Help us to develop leaders as we lead well. For we pray this in your name and for your glory, Jesus.